A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dudley boy Michael Hamflit to discuss everything that's in store for us on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we preview and review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT, do point... Oh! oh! Pay-per-views, uh, Dynamite, Collision, Pay-per-views, Premium Live Events. We have wrestler interviews on a rare occasion roundtable discussions when it's bopping and we have a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz of course on wrestle culture well, why would I have roundtables effing popping yeah staff yeah, <laughs> yeah when it's popping and when there's people yeah there's knee people. people there's knee people yeah, it's, it's still wacky August wacky August wacky August and now it's corrupted the YouTube channel push it forward because it's a whole wacky summer it's whack, like, isn't it? It's, like, so it's whack. whack. But the boys are it here. puts to, the whack in whack. Yeah, the boys are here today, at least. And we're here to, <laughs> and we're here to preview two things on Dynamite. As is From Wembley Way to Wednesday, the boys will be there. <laughs> guaranteed. No, nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. um, I, so, as is tradition, now really has been advertised, and they tend not to do this. Obviously, they can't say, here's, even Tony Khan knows. Yeah. Here's what's happening on Wednesday. All right, hang on. That means he's going to win, they're going to win, she's going to win, and all the rest of it. Um, so there's only two um, segments announced, but don't worry. There are several more talking points that we can get into. Loads more developments after yesterday's other deep dive into the toxicity on and shambolic nature of this company right now when it isn't also having the power back. Yeah. Let's get through the two things that have been previewed. Um, we'll talk about what else we should expect or want to get added to dynamite we'll also talk about and uh, what needs to happen at all except that bitch needs something big <laughs> and more on da punker yeah um, but yeah the first of two um scheduled things for dynamite uh, for the international title i kind of hate this match in terms of how it's been booked um, it's very Tony Khan pilled, but that match itself should be good. But uh, this isn't 2019 NXT, you know. I want this to the power to be back. Um, it's Orange Cassidy defending the international title against Penta El Zero Miedo, um, his partner <laughs> in Stadium Stampede, um, which is odd. And they'd already announced John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy at the presser. They announced both matches at once. Um, it just seems a bit odd in the wrong way to do it like the way they should have done this and we'll get to the quality of the match and all the rest of it imminently i think they wanted best friends to have a nice little moment uh-huh. and it was wonderful yeah. it really was nice to have them win they've been loyal servants like i think it's really one it was just a nice bit of sentiment i guess it didn't make sense in the context of a challenger needing to be built but a it's moxley and b i've got something else i'll add um very shortly so I just think they want to do something nice, and as I said, like um, it's probably pivotal at this point, or indeed at any other point um, across the last 18 months, that your core guys who've got a huge following, well, not a huge following, but a really nice, loyal following. Uh, we saw loads of Best Friends merch in Vegas, mm. um, for example. Uh, the core crowd loves them. You can't imagine WWE are making overtures to... Chucky and Trent, I just <laughs> can't. Like, I'm not being funny. They are very much AEW ride or dies. Yeah. So giving them that nice moment in Wembley in front of like 81,000 paid, 90,000 in total, I thought was a really nice idea. Um, and I would have went with it, truthfully. I wouldn't have done the thing of, oh, Moxley wins and goes on to OC because what they've quietly done is built a story. Um, 
Cassidy has defeated Wheeler Utah twice over the course of this international title run. He has pinned Claudio Castagnoli um, at Stadium Stampede at Wembley. He could have just said, and how much of a good Cassidy bit would this have been? I think I'm a tougher guy than all of the Blackpool Combat Club, actually. And Moxley, apoplectic at the idea that the guy, the lazy guy, the naff, wholesome guy with his hands in his pockets has got the number of all of the healthy members of the BCC. Moxley going, well, no, piss off, dickhead. I will kill you in Chicago (laughs) if you think you can do that. Like, be my guest. He's like, I can beat you. I'll beat all your other friends, and that could send Moxley in a fury. That was one way of building the all-out match and giving best friends the really earned moment at Wembley at the same time. They've not done that. It's Tony Khan. He's decided to have a nailed-on predictable match before the match that we know is going to happen because they've spent far longer building OC versus Mox than Penta versus Mox. OC's the bigger star than Penta. This all-out card needs star power. This match is therefore pretty redundant, but it should be good nonetheless. Yeah. Um... You know, when we were talking about the, was it last week or the, the Dynamite before with the AR Fox one night? Uh, oh, we're friends again. With Darby Allen. Now, they're, we're enemies again. That, that was pretty Vince Russo, that, wasn't it? This is not unruso pilled. This reminds me of, do you remember the pre-WrestleMania 15 thing where they swapped the belts with the Outlaws? And it was like, oh, Billy Gunn, let's say, has been in an Intercontinental title feud and Road Dogg's been in the hardcore division. And then they just won each other's title belts. So oh, the yeah. WrestleMania matches were just thrown up in the air. And what's the rationale, Vince? No one will see it coming. <laughs> a little bit of that, like, senses tingling for me here. Like, nobody in their right minds, nor should they, call Penta beating Orange Cassidy here. But Stadium Stampede did a very effective job of showing you an Orange Cassidy that is that has pushed himself too far. And I know that's been the story throughout, but, like, you really saw it laid bare in Stadium Stampede, covered in blood, going to the point of having a wrap glass around his fist to get it done. Kickboxer, man. Yeah, like Moxley kind of never feels anywhere near as broken down by these exploits. He just rocks back up. Next Wednesday, walks the crowd, and it's just like, that's our Moxley. Whereas like Orange Cassidy has been able to take punishment, but never to that scale. If Penta, you know, maybe he'll re, like, rebrand as Penta Oscura halfway through the match. Uh, and that means his energy bar goes back to full and goes to death. Like, Orange Cassidy just isn't ready for it and has looked past Penta to John Moxley, as everybody does, and then Penta gets the win, and then you have randomly Penta Moxley. I do believe Moxley's getting the title, by the way, because it kind of feels like a transitional guy for Eddie Kingston, maybe at Grand Slam. Maybe you run back the Moxley-Kingston fighting over a belt tension from 2020 that we loved so much, and that's the... Third year in a row, cliche. What belt is Eddie Kingston going to win a yeah. Grand Slam? None. But this is, it comes around every year. They fool you into it. So I do believe Moxley will win. But I don't know. There's this 1% doubt I've got where has this thing happened because it would just be almost too dumb for its own good as a way to be unpredictable. Like last week's segment, that's it, that AR Fox thing. I was like, what the hell is this? But they've done it now. So there's precedent for them doing something like that again. The shock of Orange Cassidy losing would give you that. I'm not comparing the two before anybody gets overwhelmed and angry in the mentions. But, you know, when Brock beat The Undertaker, you remember this, you were there. It was one of the years when nobody thought the result was in any doubt. And that was what helped the shock, I think, wasn't it? Penta beating him here would be a real heartbreaker, whereas Moxley beating him would almost feel predictable because maybe the time has come for Orange to lose the title. He should win. This is the feud they've built, but this is kind of uh, wacky AEW at the moment. Wacky AEW. I can't switch off, switch off this idea. Like, switch off. Switch off. Has he thought about this? And thought, Actually, yeah, challenge him in the press conference. It's going to be fun. Double double destroyer on the apron. Orange Cassidy loses. Like, I, I don't know. Just something about it. Really I, just, I can't see it personally. It sure be weird. Like, I, I had a question for you that isn't related to this directly. Uh, unlock the old memory bank. What's the shortest gap where AEW have had from post-pay-per-view Dynamite to have to build something else? I know it's never been a pay-per-view week apart like this, but when there's been like a fight of Fest or a fight for the Fallen or something. Oh, I cannot remember off the top of my head. Like, minimum of like three to four weeks. They've never had anything like this before, have they? Yeah, a seven A seven-day turnaround. They need to like generate buzz for the product rather than just for the locker room angst and all the other stuff going on. 
I, I, a little bit of me sees Penta winning here. I don't see it at all, personally. Should, should not do it. Like, to be a bit generous, I guess, to Tony Khan, or at least to see it his way, because we should be fair, Mox is responsible for taking out Phoenix yeah. from Wembley. So, by rights, Penta should be out for Mox's blood. They pulled his mask off in the build. They were, like, embarrassing him and stuff like yeah. that. Can they not just wait for Mox to either win the title or fail to win the title, then have his first title defense or a nice little TV grudge program? It just, it was already weird that Death Triangle and the best friends teamed and they didn't really drill that hard into the fact that, hang on, since Revolution 2020 off off and on, they've been feuding and then it's stopped and then they've started again and all the rest of it. Like, uh, Stadium Stampede was fantastic, I thought, live and then rewatched and I didn't really care about it as this emotional thing and they just went with the violence and the fun and the chaos mm. and the, the, the spectacle and the atmosphere but it's still weird how Penta's just teamed with OC and went right okay I want to fight you now yeah it's just this is the kind of thing it's that, not like Ortiz and Mike Santana looked like they were bonding that much out there yeah, you know, like, no. that was the story of both teams really wasn't it it, it was, was weird just five guys it was just just five guys on the <laughs> other side and he said there was uh, just five guys so I it's just Tony Khan has this very convoluted, make sense in his own head away um, approach to booking. And this is almost a parody of it. Well, they're going to fight after they've teamed, and then there's going to be, this is going to be great. It's going to be great for us. So I just don't really get this. If I'm being honest, I think that it's rushed. Every individual beat makes sense, but if you put it all together and then put it apart again, it just doesn't, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I think Orange is going to win. I think that they could have really just... It's weird. Tony Khan is so fascinating to sort of like analyze <laughs> and scrutinize. Because I was just about to say that Tony Khan, he could just wait for once. And then he always waits for other big matches. Yeah. So sometimes he waits too long, way too long for big, big matches to the point where they just become, eh, like Lee and Swerve. Or sometimes he'll rush so much stuff into a typical episode of Dynamite or a story development and won't allow things to breathe. And then... There's top starlings for WWE. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's either not enough room to breathe or too much bloody breathing. Like, his ability to pace things, I think, is his fatal flaw as a booker. Mm. Either rushes stuff on one hand and on the other. And the other hand, <laughs> someone tweeted me that, my response, when I tweeted about the punker last night. Very good. I can't remember who it was. Uh, sorry. I The match, what will the match be like? Uh, good, Cassidy. You think you're the getting Lucha tired? Brothers are over in Chicago. You think you're getting tired of taped up Orange Cassidy, and then the match starts, and you're not. Yeah, that's the crack at this point, isn't it? Like Penta is great at not all the time. I wish the Penta run, especially as a singles wrestler, had been more consistent over the years. Because I was all in on like no pun intended. But if you run back 2018, and Penta and Kenny felt like this huge. Penner and Kenny felt like the match you wish Tony Khan would book now. I can't believe this is happening. You know, like, what an enormous star and what an enormous dream match this is, befitting of the stage. And Penta's single stuff in AEW has never been quite at the level that I would have liked because I had him down as an early, like, kind of potential title challenger on the reg, and he's never, ever really broke through into that top tier. So it's not as much of a guarantee of a great match as you would perhaps like, but... It just, his style, like tonight, what we should see, because it's one of the few areas of his body that isn't taped up, arm breaker penter. Yeah. Like, the hand's taped, the back's taped, the neck's taped. He's probably nursing cuts and wounds and bruises from um, Stadium Stampede. Target the arm. Like, Excalibur, laying it on thick that there is not a single body part now that is 100%, maybe with the exception of, for example, Orange Cassidy's left arm. Like, that's pretty much all he's got at this point, Taz. And then Penta just goes straight for it and snaps yeah. in the first couple of minutes. And he's like, well, that's it. Then what chances he got? Um, let's have that. Let, let's have the spamming destroyers. All the stuff that just looks, sorry, Orange Cassidy, the absolute worst to take. Yeah. Because then if he guts that out, you are just sending a broken man to his death against John Moxley. And then when he manages to survive on Sunday, it'll resonate all the more. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a weird but could also be very good match to build a match kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, we should mention as well, we are recording this at 11 a.m. UK time. 
I expect news to filter through of what else will be added to the card deeper into the evening, probably US evening, so it would have been screwed either way. So that's why the only other thing that we know to be happening at time of recording is Adam Cole will speak live following the main event of All In. What does he and or MJF do? I think he um, acknowledges, I think it's important for the babyface character of Adam Cole, whether or not the heel is a thing, or whether or not it is MJF that eventually turns down the road. I think he, Adam Cole tonight is quite apologetic in tone for maybe letting emotion get to him during the main event. He says it was, I I knew I was part of a classic after the fact, and I'm not proud of some of my actions, blah, 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 and then he's interrupted by the kingdom, who beat him down ostensibly on behalf of Roddy Strong and MJF makes a save and you book, you do that now. You do, the story is obviously bordering on white hot and you do the ring. It's already white hot. Does it get more white hot than Wembley Stadium? No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, And I think there's, we're at the point where, and I really want this to be the case, right? But we're at the point where people are starting to want this to run as an entire new chapter. This ring of honor, like them as a tag team, not just as a final last twist before the turn. I would love to think that we now get somehow a way to extend, even if, right, the whole thing ends in MJF turning heel. I kind of love the idea that he was like, and then we bloody won the uh, ring about a tag belt, so I had to go six more months pretending to be a friend. Yeah. That wasn't in my plan. Like, I was ready to stick the knife in at Wembley, and then that happens, and I'm stuck being, so this is one long, this baby face turn of MJF's is one long heel turn hiding in the bushes that he can't execute. And you start that with this tag title match on Sunday All Out. Do you know that MGF is a massive um, student of the game? Mm. Now you've just implanted something in my head there. This could be his big Ole Anderson. Yeah. Where, if you're not aware, there's a famous uh, angle in the Georgia Territory where Ole Anderson befriended Dusty. Yeah for pretty much a full calendar year, with the idea being that if I can get him in the right place at the right time, inside a steel cage, I can pretty much kill this dude off. Mm-hmm. And that would be the end of Dusty Rhodes. But in order to lull him into that cage and convince him I'm an ally, I have to play a really, really long con. And it was like a really sort of unprecedented angle for its time. It was really, really white hot. Maybe this is the modern day update on it. And if there's a cage at any point, like a tag team cage match, yeah. your ears could prick up. That's just one direction this can go. And that's the magic of the storyline. Just no one knows. No one can predict it. People have been cliffhangers every single week, pretty much. Um, it's so warm and so nice. You don't want the fallout to happen. So yeah. there could be magic here. One thing I did men- uh, notice as well. Uh, one thing as well, Ole Anderson, when he did his Explain His Actions promo before that got a title, was talking about it because I had to uh, hated every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a really gruff arsehole way to put it. So Ollie Anderson was a goddamn great heel. Um, Bellend, yeah. uh, but a great heel. Turned um, it up to eleven, wasn't he? Apparently. Aye. Yeah. One thing I thought of is MGF likes to play these incredibly intricate one step, eight steps ahead chess games. What if he wanted Roddy to do that throughout the we- the main event, knowing? That Cole has got, he wants to be the Panama Playboy, a massive star. He's not messing around. He wants to be a world title guy. But his fatal flaw is that he's just so goddamn nice at his core that he would never actually go through with it. He would, like, be tempted. Mm. He would, like, succumb to those temptations in the middle of the match. But when it really counted, he just couldn't go through with it. What if MGF's bet that Cole is the ultimate nice guy and couldn't just didn't have the killer instinct to do this and is along in tandem with Roderick Strong can see this really elaborate chess game where it's like, right, you're gonna help him, help him, help him, help him, help him, help him, help him. And then and then he's not gonna be able to do it. I know Adam Cole's too nice. And this is all in, um, initiated from the fact that he had his number in the singles match. Mm-hmm. Like if that went 60, I'm done. That title's gone. What if that roll-up was the master plan? Yeah. it's There's no, with these characters and the way that they've taken the story, there's no what if. And this is what, you know, we've talked about these sort of stories before, that when 
there's a reveal or when there's some sort of huge moment that turns the, this story back to a straight one-on-one feud rather than the mystery alignments thing that wouldn't you wouldn't be able to track back. Like, what I love about MJF's character is when the alignments, the heel babyface alignments are revealed, it's only then that you can reflect on how he made you be the worst person of yourself. Like, right now, theoretically, this MJF Adam Cole story, and we were there in Wembley, 81,000 people wanted the hug. 81,000 people wanted Adam Cole not to use Roderick Strong's help. Right now, that's the heroic move. In three months, when MJF has revealed he was the devil and that we were idiots for yet again going along with him, in real life, what bad people do is, like, snake the way into people's lives and separate them from their friends. Yeah. And that is what MJF has done to Adam Cole with Roderick Strong. But right now, we're being presented with the version where that's Strong's fault. MJF is quietly gaslighting all of us while he extricates Roderick Strong from Adam Cole's life. Yeah. Despite the fact they've hung out for all of three months. Yeah. That's, that's devil stuff. But right now, we're completely just in awe and in love with this like love story between these two new friends and MJF getting its first friend. If, like I say, when that reveal is done, we view this all back and we're like, oh, so, sorry, Roddy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were taking him too. Yeah. Like, it's great how they can do that. That might not be the payoff, but it's great how they can, how they can do that. They're still in a position where they can pretty much give you any outcome and every one of them makes sense. I'd like the kingdom match now because I don't think it's the big grand payoff. And I think all out could probably use the champs. Like, all out, all out needs this story in a way that maybe, say if it had been, and it, I guess, you know, as you say, 11 o'clock still could be, say if it had been Punk Starks in Chicago as like a main event for the title, maybe they'd had it in the back of the mind that MJF and Cole were going to miss this show. That's not an option now. Aye. Like, that is not an option they're needed for this card. Well, that segues very, very conveniently. <laughs> conveniently to, I was going to say that because... I thought we were going to talk about the All Out, but no, I've also said what else will be added to Dynamite. Um, I'll tell you one thing, right? This All Out card in the shadow of Wembley, and Wembley was in the shadow of it as well. Mm. Um, I don't think they've navigated this particularly well at all, if I'm being brutally honest, um, even though on the night, obviously, it was electrifying. This card needs additions, and this card needs its existing matches to get juiced up. Miro Hobbs is sort of simmered in the background. It's like that... Well, hopefully it's a much better version of the um, was it Dempsey and Corbin, yeah, in NXT where it was like two big massive bastards are monstering people. Then they realise, hang on, people are talking about him, and the other one's saying, well, people are talking about him as the biggest one. No, no, no we have to have a fight now. Yeah, this is a better version of that. Yes, um, the match will be significantly better than I don't, I can't even remember if they blew it off. They did. Corbin beat him fairly handily. Yeah, and that was the end of Dempsey no, as a killer. Just the end. Yeah. Um, so Miro and Hobbs, like, this is why I have sort of started to espouse the philosophy of keep it simple, stupid, okay? Like, Moxley and Kingston should have had some more interplay on the mic mm. ahead of Wembley. Maybe they're saving that best stuff for Grand Slam, okay? Well, there's no saving Hobbs-Miro. It is a, at a minimum, I need a Miro promo. Either tonight or on collision. That collision, people, maybe collision needs <laughs> freaking soliloquy at this point, for Christ's sake. So, one thing that will get developed on Dynamite tonight, um, it's like Dynamite guys ahead of all out, is Omega versus Takeshita. Mm. Don Callis needs to cut the promo of his life. It's so, he's so good that he'll remind you how dastardly he is. He will remind you the rich history that has been kind of just undermentioned on Dynamite of late, because they had to do the Chris Jericho-Wembley match. Yeah. Apparently had to do it with Callus as well. Um, so it's on, it's pretty much on Callus. Maybe it should be on Kenny as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm being too fair to my guy, because I love him so much as a wrestler. But maybe he needs to kind of step up and deliver a go, the go-home promo of his life, mm-hmm. because this match, it's it, we were at Vegas. We saw, in plain sight, Takeshi was so, like, nice. <laughs> I don't know if thought he was going to turn with Callus, or if there were, I think a lot of people expected this kind of. He doesn't realize that Callus is that much of a bad guy. Mm. Arc. No, we just turned full heel. He's amazing at it as well. Um, 
But as soon as he turned, he had those two weeks of those deafening reactions. And again, like, these AEW freakasoids don't give themselves much uh, credibility when they say it's more over than Dominic Mysterio. Well, look what they've done with Takeshita since. Yeah. Almost less than nothing. And then it just went to, like, it's weird. Don Callis and his hyperbole of Omega was so OTT in the best way that it was inconceivable that he would think less of Omega because mm. he was hyperbole, hyperbole. Every big New Japan main event from like 2017 or 18 onwards, loads of AW stuff. The best, he's the god, he's the god, he's better than Hackenschmidt. Uh, for them to just, I'll do a Jericho T tour, gotta do Wembley, when of all partnerships fall apart, Omega and Callus, the fact that they've just sort of abandoned it or let it simmer when it should have been building and building and building to this big match. I think it's criminal, and I think Don Callis needs to cut the promo of his life to really remind you how big a deal this is or should be. And I think Omega, who gets a lot of jip, um, not necessarily in the best of faith, because I think he has different ways of telling stories. A lot of people at times would like it if he just got that microphone, was a bit more direct, and sold a big boy program, and maybe mm. tonight's the night. Yeah, I, the um, the match revealed a lack of focus, didn't it? The trios match, the page, uh, Omega and Ibushi versus Bullet Club and Takeshita. We joked at the time, because we were in the middle of like having fights with some of our like American friends on Twitter, basically, but that match, that match was not what anybody fantasy booked. Do not believe the lies, like by the toxic positivity accounts. Nobody booked that. Yes, Takestra and Kenny are feuding. Yes, Bullet Club Gold randomly said we're the most elite version. So one nil actually. Yeah, suspiciously with like and two, I, and I two know, shows left to go. Before I know it. that Jay White and Kenny Omega have has, have history, but realistically, a lot of different performers have history with each other. It's how much they curated, how much they tell you it matters, and or show you it matters. And they didn't until like two weeks before. I tell you they, what, man, when you saw Jay White out there on Sunday, you realised even that would have been a pretty hot singles match, wouldn't it? Jay and Kenny, pretty hot. Like we've if, been out I mean, of this world. I mean, even with just like the one, oh, week, yeah, yeah, one yeah. week build, like just a one week build singles match that would have been hotter and I think generated more emotion than the, what the trios match did. So yeah, I think that focus really undermined this whole thing. Uh, we talk about what might get announced late in the day. I think a Kenny Mega singles match will be quite effective. Like Kenny Mega immediately wants to rebound from losing. Yeah, like, this is an elite thing, right? I I sort of go both ways on the elite type of storytelling, but they have a little bit, and it's for a totally different reason, but they have a little bit of the, like, no selling results about them. And it's not in that, like, destructive John Cena way. It's just because I think as people, let alone as characters, they've always been so aloof. And that's unique in wrestling and being aloof and being a bit more in touch with reality was what was so welcoming about the elite for such a long time. Uh, oh, these are human beings. Like they're not gonna scream and shout, they're gonna be they're gonna maybe some quiet reflection and that's deadpan. That's more human sometimes in how we deal with like crises in life. But I'd be pissed off if I was Kenny Omega. I'd like I don't have a memory of how we reacted at all in. You know, it wasn't Triple H shrugging his shoulders losing to Jeff Hardy. But Kenny Omega didn't look like that heartbroken. He was just, oh man, he got us. Yeah. Sometimes it has to matter more. Yeah. It does. And I think Kenny Omega being like, right, the only way to actually address this is winning. And then then he cuts the promo. Like, that's a cool thing to watch on Dynamite. A Kenny Omega singles match, they're always good. You book him against somebody and then he beats him and then he makes it explicitly clear just what he's going to do to Takeshita yeah. to avenge Sunday. Because that's what it is. He should be avenging that loss. Yeah. You should be sick of Don Callis. So what we'll do is we'll try and decide what the Kenny Omega singles match is, yeah. and then we'll proceed to talk about what you get added to All Out, which needs some juice. So okay. with that in mind... It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to the, play game. the game! Did it, did it, did it, did it. Using the roster page in our randomizer, who's Kenny Omega going to fight on Dynamite tonight? Great stuff. So there are five. Five! Oh, oh, fancy Dan. Rules of five. 
Um, striving to survive the best part machine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go up and down. In the survival say, series. And you're going to say stop. And I'm gonna, you're going to say stop and pick a number between one and five. Stop. Five. I'm not joking. This game's got a good hit rate. I am not joking when I say that the top <laughs> row of people. If you'd have picked one, uh-huh. Jake Hager. Oh. If you had picked two, Jay Lethal. Oh. If you had picked three, you'd have said Jay White. Yeah. If you'd have picked four, you'd have picked Jeff Hardy. I feel like I know where this is going, Sage. What? <laughs> <laughs> what number did you pick? Five. Who is on the top visible row? <clears throat> and book it. Give us the Hamlet Sidgwick singles match, please. Please. Like, let's have. You could do the most rubbish repeated angles. Yeah. You could do the most rubbish. Oh, there's a backstage interruption. You could do the rubbish. Why is Gravity having a match <laughs> with Johnny TV? That's weird. You've just booked Wembley. Have you not heard about Momentum? Yeah. You could do one of these weird, wonky, terrible dynamites. And if you do that match, I'll give it no downs tomorrow on How the review. How is this? Oh, like, Daddies are looking to fill the dynamite card. Oh, what did they land on? Kenny Omega versus Jeff Jarrett. Oh, I'm just not trying then. Is that like I'm trying. <laughs> I did it through a randomizer. Right. Great. So that's, that's great. really good. Really the fun of dynamite tonight. Tick. Done. Um, right. All Out needs something big. Mm-hmm. And we are going to Fantasy Booker. You've got an idea. I've got two. Okay. So why don't you think, in addition to your tag match, yeah. think of one more as I talk about my two ideas. Go on. I've got two. Okay. One is... Building off the back of the trios match, and because the match would be absolutely spectacular, and this match needs some honest to goodness, the punk is probably not going to be there. Yeah. Like, I hate to put him over because he's a terrible human being, and as a promoter, he was terrible, and as a booker, he was terrible towards the end. If he could do nothing else, Vince McMahon was quite brilliant, apart from Survivor Series 99, yeah. at, all right, okay, there's a replacement. A big match has just gone completely awry, right? Not only am I going to give you a new champion, but I'm going to give you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Do a big or really weird and wonderful match, mm. like Styles Balor, yeah. Kurt Angle joining the Shield. Um, like day one, you got a title change. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't a great idea, but you did have that... And for how much he was misanthropic and hated his audience and thought they were stupid, he did have that old, significantly less evil, even though he was very evil all along, <laughs> instinct of, I have to make them happy. Yeah. Like, that's just that promoter's broken clock. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan needs to learn that, and it would be prurient for him to do so. Is that the right word? Good word. That's very nice either way. If it's been misused, I still enjoyed it. You were thinking a prudent way. Yes. <laughs> Very prudent. Because yeah. prurient is having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters, <laughs> especially the sexual activity of others. Tony Khan needs to take a new one. one. Anyway, so with that in mind, Jay, Lethal ver- uh, Jay White 
versus Hangman Page. Oh, you know it could be delightful. Yeah, it and it's a They're bit of drama. Currently. They're connected currently. As I said, they've just been in that trios match. Um, it's a match that neither can afford to lose, but I think that's where the drama is. Mm-hmm. They both badly, badly need a win, but I need some drama. I need some big names. I need some ex- guaranteed match quality on the show all out. And I think that because people will consider it a freebie of, oh, I didn't expect that, it would be more like, oh, I'm glad we got the match, rather than, oh, Jay White lost, or Hamman Page lost. I think people would at least embrace it on the fact that it feels like a treat. Yeah. That's one idea. Two, I don't know how practical this is. I think that I've seen these matches with a roof, and I think because there's a roof and there's fans in quite close proximity, the weapon of choice is always a letdown because the promoters are very safety conscious. If you want a big match, and if you're AEW and you want to make some friggin' money off this all-out card, the biggest drawing match in terms of a like gimmick is the exploding barbed wire death match because that did a then record 150,000 buys for mm-hmm. Revolution 2021. Obviously, the Punker beat it with All Out. Um, I think it might have been beaten once or twice since with Double or Nothing 2022 and Full Gear 2021. But in terms of... company was doing really good, but it wasn't white hot when they shattered the records and yeah. all the rest of it. Um, hey, no, don't take away from the uh, Christian Cage appearance at this is, <laughs> yeah. But seriously, yeah. um, that people were gaga for that mm-hmm. match. And not only is it a proven draw, the... Like the car on the side of the road in flames factor of are they going to mess it up again? Yeah, huge that Cassidy Orange, uh, Cassidy Mox. I tell you what, I love about that because we did. I don't know if it's practical indoors. I really don't. Do you know what would be so cool though? If yeah, they run it and like this time, for example, like that's the, the tension, isn't it? Oh god, it's going to go wrong. They're going to screw this up. Um, Moxley. It's just Moxley's environment. So finally, Orange Cassidy, it's a challenge too far. Not just because of the physical damage and everything else, but he's walked into John Moxley's house here and he's lost. John Moxley pins him, wins the title with, what, like 20 seconds remaining? And Eddie Kingston runs down and cradles Orange Cassidy. Uh, and this time it explodes. You can't do the full explosion in a building like that. But a good one. Better than the last one. No, but I think it'd be like 5% better and they could still <laughs> do it with the roof. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing as well. Again, I doubt it's practical just a dreamer you know me I'm glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> um are you talking about glass uh, sorry man throw it down. sorry man um, let's take this to the ring orange cassidy's deceptive chess game ring style is perfect for that match because you do such a good job of lulling moxley into the c4s what about into the bombs, into the explosions? You know how Moxley always with Orange Cassidy tries to like out Orange Cassidy, Cassidy. Like, I'm not going to be drawn in by your nonsense. I'll just play your game. Stabbed him in the back of the head. Or, uh, uh, uh. Oh my God. Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets. And Moxley's like, do you think I'm stupid? I've played this game. And he puts his hands in his pockets too. Orange Cassidy's rigged his jeans with explosives. Yeah? John? Oh Moxley my God. It's like, answer. Got all like pyro coming out of his jeans pockets. Oh my God. What's your ideas for the right. all out? Mine Make was, it good, please. Yeah, mine leans on the the Vince philosophy. Truthfully, it's that like I would have never in a million years seen this as a as an option. It scans as a make good, even though you don't say that out loud. You don't say, oh, "We're trying to make this card good." We're really sorry. Um, you just rush to FTR books for. Uh, you have to do a title switch, though. Yeah, you do, and I think that's why it would fit here. The rejection of the handshake is was a realization that what we saw wasn't a rubber match. It was just it's just two one. Don't think this is over. Nick Jackson, even in putting them over in his nice messages to the members of the roster, like left that little in character thing there. Like you bring the best out of us. It's not over. Um, you do the title switch because the fourth match of a best of five series is kind of the hardest to book, isn't it? You're not going to have like FTR win. Oh three one. No, now it's definitely over. Yeah, like, do some punker stuff in this one as well. Yeah, like this is where you like play off. If CM Punk can't be there in person, he can certainly be there in spirit. And Dax can do a GTS. Yeah, yeah, like what I want more than anything is Dax to have one of the young books hoisted up in a GTS, and the other young book to spring in from the side with a bookshot lariat to counter it and break it up. Oh my god! Yeah, um, it's 
I wouldn't say it's hot now because I think it was a bit telling at Wembley that it wasn't a hot story. It was a hot match and not a hot story. Yeah. Um, but it would feel hot because you've got no time to process it. Three days, and we're getting it again. Yeah. Like, Chicago would cheer up. About you do two out of three falls? Yeah, why not? Or do like, you think that'd be the... I think I'd save that in the back pocket for, like, the ultimate... Like a fifth one down the road or something. Yeah. But yeah, Bucks win. Solidify your heel turn, because I hate this laissez-faire Young Bucks thing, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to yet. So, like, some... Si- like, honestly, right, here's a wrestling conversation... I think some serious character development is needed for the Young Bucks, genuinely. Yeah. I do not know I'm supposed to receive them. Am I supposed to be sympathetic for the guys that have just signed these new contracts that they keep saying, oh, didn't even really want them. The schedule's nice, might as well. Yeah, I, Might as well be a bit, bit more money for the grandkids. It's a terrible wrestling character unless you're a villain. And if you are a villain, you nailed it the first time with your Dior Jordans. Yeah. Like, that was a character development. This, whatever they are right now, it's certainly not a baby face, but it's not even really a fleshed out gimmick. Let's have them win the belts and find something new, freshen it up a little bit. But yeah, and the match itself. The match continues to sell itself regardless. Um, And my other idea is that kind of, right, who's out there? Who's kicking about? You have in a rage on Collision the night before All Out or on tonight's Dynamite or whatever, um, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus backstage, whatever, like, it, it could be in the ring, I suppose, but backstage or in a segment or something just, like that. Sorry, I'm just checking if there's any more added. It's like, is it five matches on All Out at the moment? Five of them. Yeah. Uh, aye. Christian Cage and Luchasaurus violently take out Sting so that there's no, like, there's no Sting to help Darby Allen. You know, he won, he won the coffee match at Wembley, but he's not going to be able to help you, like... I'm going to remain TNT champion and my dinosaur is going to eat you up all out. Darby, you're in trouble. You're knackered. And then, like, you can't just, like, dust off any old legend to help you, Darby. Yes, he can. The Edger. The Edger. He's addicted to pain. Just like Darby Allen is. And obviously, it's Christian Cage on the other side of the ring. On the other side of the ring. He rocks up. He spears Luchasaurus for Darby Allen to get the victory. Christian Cage is just looking on in disbelief. Are you kidding? And then, like, the edger runs off into the crowd because you think you know him, but you're not sure if you do. And, like, you've got the moment without having a... You know, Excalibur could even do the cue. We know who that is. I'm not going to tell you his name yet because we yeah. haven't got one trademarked. But, like, there's a... That's the talking point of the whole weekend. And that's including payback, Sedge. So think about that, yeah? Like, that's the talking point of the weekend if he was... Like, I don't believe him to. I think it's fun to. I know that, like, straight away, people that want to believe that everything he said about his contract is true. But wrestlers lie. Uh, I've seen that the quote. Just liar. Yeah, I've seen that it's quote a, kicking it's around. A provable liar. What was the quote kicking around on Twitter recently? That was um, was it Cody Rhodes about John Cena or somebody about Cody Rhodes? Taught me that lying is one of the most fun things to do. It was um, Brian Danielson. Sorry, Danielson talking about Cody Rhodes. I love to lie. Cody Rhodes taught taught me how to lie. Yeah. So like Edge's contract stuff could just be a lie. Well, he's lied before. A big fat lie. Still yeah. not and will not or yeah. something. So, like, ahead of the 2020 Rumble return. Allow yourself to fantasy book if you wish. And I think, like, there's an immediate story where he can be dropped in. You're giving nothing away with Cage or showing people everything they want to see. Yeah. So. Finally, there's been more developments on Punk Yeah. Um, Andy Murray did a great job of breaking it down on today's news, which you can watch alongside Michael Hamflit. No, you can watch Murray alongside. He's not going to watch the news for you. Bit of a side swipe. <laughs> I, was, I was there too. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've watched it. I just presume that he did. He did. He did a very good job. I um, don't appreciate the dick. I was, I was there as well, you know. That's why I said alongside Hamflin. No, it was a two-hander. Let's just not take all the credit for me. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to watch <laughs> the full rundown of the, the timeline and Aye. the various things. There's loads, man. There's so, so much. Ta- it's so much that it's hard to keep track of. Like, I'm trying to think of what we haven't told you or you haven't heard since yesterday or what we've not talked about at least since yesterday. So I guess the biggie... The mural thing turned out to be a pretty funny damn squib. Yeah. A pretty funny uh, nothing burger. Somebody's had Alvo's life there. Yeah. Uh, there's something fishy about that. Yeah. So the mural thing, apparently there was a second almost incident where, do you want to take this outside? That was revealed apparently to be some kind of joke, even though Alvarez has said, nope, some of my sources have told me that wasn't a joke. And what's funny is that 
um, in that period between that story breaking and getting debunked, maybe, who the hell knows with any of this anymore, people were, like, digging out tweets of Miro doing cry laugh emojis, taking the piss out of CM Punk's union-adjacent Oh, yeah, I remember that. Stuff yeah, yeah. where he's, like, just li- literally laughing in Punk's face at the idea that he isn't a hypocrite. The nice UK cab. Miro's just got that mischievous sense of humour. And he's a bit of a disturber. Yeah. He's a bit drama, Miro. Uh-huh. Low key. Got it in him. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm in um what's a TV program called? Euphoria. <laughs> I've not like, seen it. Like Miro's I, low key I'm, drama. <laughs> I'm already getting we're stuck now. Yeah. This is this is language. So put it this way, it was easy to believe that Miro would have a problem with punk because there's been two occasions where it feels like he does have one. Um but apparently that was a nothing burger, the big one is that apparently that the fight was in such close proximity to Tony Khan that monitors in Gorilla fell on him and that Punk, in a heated argument with TK, threatened to quit and, quote, well, paraphrase, chewed him out with harsh words or something to that effect. It's going to bring this up, actually, in the rich history of me losing good bruise slash pasty bets. Do you want to have a good bruise pasty bet? It depends. In the next 12 months... The words harsh phrasing will be used on AW television. I'll probably get phrased tonight, man. <laughs> they're just straight like they're just all like all. Like Max Castor will friggin' do it Aye. tonight. He did nail Prince Andrew in Wembley Stadium. Yeah, kicked ass. Yeah, harsh phrase. As soon as I read harsh phrasing, I was like, chewed him out with harsh phrasing. I will hear those words again. I will hear those words again. It would be too unprofessional for us to speculate on what the harsh, harsh phrasing was. Yeah, I would expect. I'm about to do it. Something along the lines of, you are feckless, this is a mud show, you don't know what you're doing, sort of thing, like, look at what you've done. Lingering airport annoyance. Yes. Loads of stuff like that. Yes, that's another update, Um, like the House of Wrestling headline, you know, I think the Houseman does some good work. Um. And I don't think he expected the unintended comedy of that headline, but CM Punk call on. No one picked him up from the airport. Yeah. So, oh, soz. A millionaire has to slum it on the tube of those <laughs> absolute things. It was it's then, what it's reflective of rather than what's actually happening. That, right? A culture war was extended, and people thought, oh, the, oh my God, the travel coordinator is a book stand, and he likes anti-punk sentiment on Twitter. He's failed to call CM Punk a luxury limousine to transform to Wembley Stadium. As it turns out, they said to literally every member of the roster, let's get the tube asshole. <laughs> get your own Ubers. Get the world-famous London Underground. Oh, everybody, yeah. everybody else manages it. I want to shout out uh, Andrew Dice Clay, a wonderful follow on Twitter, and he, he'd he heard something. Um, I think it was on Jeff Jarrett's podcast with Conrad talking about... I think he was taking the mic. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, well, if he was, fair enough. But just the idea that, like, Jeff Jarrett said, yeah, 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 we were picked up by a full coach service. I think he's just, he's a big Jarrett guy, so I think he's taking the mic. But as it turns out, no one was picked up from the airport. They all had to make their own travel arrangements. Why have you got a travel coordinator then? I'm assuming they do more stuff domestically, you'd think. It's, it's, there's a bit of a, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? There's a bit of a narrative developing with, not insignificant evidence that like AW needs to tighten up. Like there's just there's loads of loads of little things. You might even so ref- many. You might even refer to it as a slappy shab. Slappy shab. It's, it's shambolic. You see things for yourself as a fan that make you go, Ugh. and then you kind of couple that with the stories that you hear. I know, it, like, wouldn't typically be us. Like we're not we're not doing that. To use Jungle Boy's own phrase, we're not like. You know, crying a river for wrestlers getting Ubers. That's I love that. That's my new favorite thing Cry now. Cry me a river. Cry me a river. It's the 90s. That's what we say. Cry me a river. And after, that, and after that, you can cry me a stream. <laughs> and then you can uh, cry me a she. <laughs> Get Ubers. It's fine. But is it? It's, is but, it? But maybe not. But, but maybe even if it's like your Ubers are lined out there. And it's been done. Get private service and coordinate well, this stuff. I, like a car to hire, a chauffeur. Yeah. These are your stars at Wembley. Coaches. Apparently the WWE people were like, what is this? Course, the AEW yeah. ones who'd never been in the system in WWE were like, oh, it's fine. Do this, yeah. all, do, oh, do this all the time or whatever. 
it really says something that virtually everyone in AEW who is ex-WWE has experienced life in WWE before this resurgence era led by Triple H where morale's apparently really high. Says something that when, what, 95% of them were deeply miserable in WWE by mm-hmm. their own words, Miro, miserable, punk, you know, like genuinely depressed, yeah. like traumatizing experience. Like Danielson was probably more, you know, that's ah, all right. Yeah. Like Moxley hated it. Comes to something when they are the ones who are like, well, at least we got a friggin' show for, for Wembley Stadium. And I'll you tell know, you what. You know the only good thing they did over there? Can you do that good thing over here, please? Like yeah. the only good thing was their I, organization. Like, can you do that? I'll say one thing as well. Like, it's like bloody Beatlemania when the Dudley Boys exited that stadium. <laughs> And we're not quite as big as the AEW roster members. So because they must have been, like, if they're expected, like, to... Cedric shoots on what culture management? Where's our town car? Yeah. You know what well, I mean? It's like, like we had so that... many nice interactions with, like, genuine, like, maybe two or three handfuls of fans. It was the best. If you're, like, a famous international wrestling star... Oh, God. And, like, either, at the very least, you're waiting around for an Uber because if all of you are landing in proximity in, what... What's the, what's the airport called? Uh, Heathrow. Heathrow. Mm. It's going to be a pain in the arse, basically. Heathrow, the fact that they were all positioned at uh, all the hotels around Wembley, which we found out through multiple sources. Yeah. So that can't have been the easiest thing, where if you think about where Wembley Stadium was, the hotels that surround it, the restaurants, the Nando's that became itself a story, yeah. CM Punk and that, they've been bombarded the whole weekend. You know, we see those pictures of people meeting them at the airport and stuff. That looks hard enough. Yeah. At least you've got a car to get into to get your time and get your space to yourself and stuff. I don't know. That can't have been the easiest weekend. Maybe wrestlers love getting to be much closer to the fans. I don't know. But it'll probably be case by case, won't it? Yeah. The big story is that CM Punk is, with harsh phrasing, chewed Tony Khan out. Mm. And that seems like bad. Especially when Tony Khan was like fist pumping against Gorilla and chanting CM Punk on the collision debut for Christ's sake. So it's like CM Punk has showed himself to be accountable. He might have turned around and we don't know this yet and said, look, I don't regret nor will I apologize for saving that kid Jack Perry from himself with an expertly applied front face lock. Yes. But Shouldn't have said that, Tony. I'm sorry. Maybe because they apparently are on friendly terms, or at least they were. Um, that's still bad. Maybe that could affect the relationship at this point as well, even if they're not friends. I don't think that particular incident, and this is just my inference, is going to have a big bearing on their relationship because Tony Khan's probably looking at the prospect of doing collision, not only without CM Punk star power, looking at those ratings thinking about Zaslov breathing down his neck to deliver those reins and the idea that he's a frazzled dude who's kind of lost the thread a little bit in terms of his book, and maybe that's an understatement. If nothing else, the punker. It's a booking collision. Mm-hmm. I'll let you have two stream of consciousness because I want to say one more uh, minute because I want to say one more thing as well. On Glassgate, um, like, it's ridiculous. And it just says so much about what a shambles it is in AEW right now. In and around this story actually happening and it breaking and then Wembley happening, at some point in that timeline where we don't do real glass or windshield, like same difference realistically, even though a pane of glass is different to a windshield, I know. It's fundamentally philosophically the same thing. In and around, Punk saying, Perry, no, not on my show. That story breaking, which apparently happened weeks afterwards, and Wembley Stadium. What happened on the only worthwhile rampage in three months? There was a parking lot brawl between the BCC and um, the best friends, and a bump was taken on a windshield in that match. I cannot recall exactly when it happened, but I'm... 99.99999% 99.99999% certain it did. Mm. So what we have here is that CM Punk is set on collision and he's not the owner or the president or the general manager of this company. You are not to use glass, whether it's the safer windshield or just don't do glass. Jack Perry has said, had been told previously by AEW, 
oh yeah, you can do that. There was a parking lot fight where that had been cleared and had happened. And then, so Saturday's not allowed. Wednesdays, Wednesdays slash Fridays allowed. Wembley Stadium allowed. It's pathetic. He needs to... He needs to rein in the guy who, A, you can't rein in, and B, whose entire appeal would be neutered if he was reined in. You know what I mean? Yeah, if he didn't colour outside the lines a little bit. It's the punk problem. Like, I've... Late last year, Brawl Out, I think it's fundamentally changed my entire um, love of slash approach to the company. Like, it has never been the same since because it was still popping, I think, really creatively. It still wasn't as good as 2021, but it was still pretty much like Omega was back, and I was like, oh, mm. it's coming back a bit. Like, I can understand why people want Punk gone, because he was really impacting my enjoyment of the company. Now that I think the booking's fallen off a bit, and I'm sort of husked, calloused, rather, to all of this, I would just have the Punk, I would miss the energy. It's one of those things that, in terms of what happened and when, how I feel about it day to day, I will, there's no nothing ever definitive with this entire mess. Oddly, if the Jack Perry fight never happens and he does the glass spot and struts backstage because apparently he planned to say it, so he's yeah. telling his friends, I'm going to get him at Wembley. Like, and he struts backstage and it just happens and then Punk has that scream at Tony Khan about the state of your company, mate. Harsh phrasing. Da, 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 da. Did you see that? I've even got some punk kid doing that to me, and I'm supposed to be one of the senior figures around here. I'm supposed to be one of you. If I'm not the world champion right now, like I'm always a contender. I'm a draw. I'm one Bill Phil on your Saturday nights, and you're letting this company have a guy go out there and take the piss out of me on camera. What was Perry thinking? Well, I know what Perry was thinking. We said this yesterday. He's thinking, oh, that's allowed now. Yeah. Punk did it, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, like lawless state, you know? Like, if Punk does that and there's never a fight, yes, there would be a portion of people that would, in the locker room, resent him for being a big grass and for going to to Dad, going to Tony. But that would place Jack Perry 100% in the wrong and CM Punk 0% in the wrong. Yeah. Fix this. I'm your top star. I don't wish to be trapped like this or I don't wish to have to deal with this. And then... Tony Khan says, I get your point, but you do this too. You've helped create this culture of that. And then Punk has no choice, kind of, but to say, well, I guess I'll stop then. Or I guess I'll have to just eat this one because I have helped create this culture. Instead, big old fight. Yeah. Zero resolution. Like, the, it's, the things happen all the wrong way around. The things happen with no, like, clearly no attempt to, fi- like, fix a thing. You know, like... Punk did that tweet when he was trying to justify how on camera him and FTR were now mates. And he's like, we, all I'm saying is we rode bikes down to Chicago Canyon and had a big fight. And it was then, like when he was younger, he was on his uh, spinny bike or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he had a fight with a kid because they were claiming ownership of the Dirt Hills. Yeah. And then they had a fight the next day. And then bikes all summer, summer, rode the bikes. Like, so corny. Nobody's been riding bikes. You have a fight. It's cornier than the Young Bucks. There's no, there's, no, there's no fights after the, like... You know, sorry, no bike riding after the fights. Yes. There's more fights. That's not like you you cannot have Schwinn it. Schwinn bikes. Schwinn bikes, that was it, yeah. He was probably trying to get one, wasn't he? We were a Schwinn bike show, show her. How's the black come out of Schwinn bikes? Yeah. We're cyclists now. We're cyclists. Um, I, it's just there's no... The fights are not solving things. They are... Uh, they're not being dealt with after the fact. It's... Rust. Like this, it's paint on this, rust. It's paint on rust. Yeah. That's what it is. This thing is rusted, and every new lick of paint that they tried to put on it, collision, keep them apart. Um, sending people home, right? Okay, that's another lick of paint. The rust is there, and rust is you can't do anything with rust. I do not have a um, a dog in the fight. Remember the Lefisto thing the other week? That transparently coordinated. Uh, Twitter bomb of half the did roster. Did it last night as well, didn't they? Did, I didn't see that, but like half the roster at the time going like, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great. Right? It's going to be great for us. It's going to be great for us. Yeah. It's going to be great for us. It's actually great for us already. It's great like, for us. On one hand, ah, loads of people came together to protect the brand. Cool. On the other hand, like loads of people were like racing to go, 
oh, let's just absolutely bury somebody. Yeah. Like, there's a, like there's obviously a vindictive undercurrent, even if the messages oh, yeah. are true, even if everything that everybody Those tweeted, messages are, of course, all, it's going to be great for us, it's going to be great for us, yeah. it's going to be great for us, it's already great for us, and guess what? And it's going to be great for us as well. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, like, there are so many methods... Uh, alleged problem solving that only exacerbate the problems rather than go anywhere close to fixing them. And this has just laid that bare. We tried to do this after Brawl Out. I remember, I'm going to take a high ground here. We tried a lot in the post Brawl Out discourse to say, we've got to keep blaming upwards. Like, the wrestlers will be the ones taking all the bullets because wrestlers have fans and you can't help but, like, show your biases or try and, like, inadvertently take sides or whatever. Blame upwards. Continue to blame upwards. Uh-huh. Like so much mismanagement, and we're just idiots on a podcast that are completely on the outside of all of this. But you're being shown mismanagement by all it's of a, these. It's situations. an absolute farce. It's a clown show. <laughs> it's a, you know, like it's, it's one of those things, right? Where if I was to say, I don't think XAW storyline was particularly good. I think that they have ha- uh, mishandled. X wrestler X in AEW who should have been on TV more. I think match Y was a bit of a letdown. Or the build to match Z has been, you know, mid. I can understand people going, hey, you're wrong for this reason because mm. you can never, that's with any art form or any entertainment medium, you will never get the correct answer. Hence why sites like ours exist and, you know, others and social media platforms and subreddits and you cannot... Well, and you're being negative when you say, oh, AEW looks like it's a shambles. It's something needs to be done. Part of me as a content producer <laughs> and as a, you know, a drama lover, mm. someone who like, likes to refresh Twitter and see some mad CM Punk insanity, doesn't care. If you're CM Punk, something needs to be done. Uh, if you're Tony Khan, something needs to be done. This is an absolute shambles. I keep seeing as well. It's like... Hard situation to be in. Yep. Sometimes you run a business, it's going to be hard situations. Yeah. It's the third one he runs. I'm assuming that a hard situation have cropped up in Fulham and at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, like, you're in the top chair because part of that job is to make hard decisions that have ramifications and affect some people. I wouldn't want one of them jobs, but he's got one. And I just, I don't see how that's a, I don't see how you use that this is difficult as a way to wave away that something needs to be done. I, d- I don't get it. One thing I will say... And I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so I'm just going to end this podcast right, right. now. What's that? What's I going to say? Punk is at the Cauliflower Isle Club tonight, except an award, by the way. Yeah. So All right. That's what I was going to say, actually. Not that. Um, that should be interesting for yeah. some of the old Capital C content. Um, the only way of resolving the situation satisfactorily in terms of making CM Punk fans feel better about it, elite fans feel better about it, you take away any sort of morale concerns or business concerns and like even something like the books now, as you said, you don't know what the on-screen characters are doing. If they're not working with CM Punk, whatever they do is going to be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. There is so much that just weighs on this company. The only resolution that will make anyone happy is impossible. You turn back time and Punk never debuts. Because you get the best and the worst of the best, worst, worst, best guy. And all that comes with it, with CM Punk. And there's no going back there in terms of no one can ever be happy unless CM Punk changes. And it is probably easier to invent a vehicle (laughs) capable of time travel to just avoid all of the mess. Because if you go back in time, right and you have no punker ever, people would still, you know, oh, they would dream of the return. Mm. They would dream of it, but what people forget is that AEW was so good that you really didn't fantasy book them into it that much because, one, it felt a remote possibility. Two, like, it was so good. It was the cherry on top of the ice and on top of the cake. Yes, exactly. it just happened to be the best cherry ever. Exactly. That's a a great way of putting it. The only way you can resolve this is either have Punk change, and it's easier to invent time travel than do that. And if Punk did change, which he's never going to do, like, it's not the same Punker. Yeah. So those are my uh, final thoughts. 
Um, if you've got your own thoughts, you can um, put them underneath the link to this podcast on X at What Culture WWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at M Sidgwick. Uh, once again, don't forget to subscribe. We've got an NXT uh, review coming later today. And if you somehow missed them, there's two two all out reviews in. on the feed. All in. See you later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.